0: Welcome back, tomorrow don't lie, right here on 1049 The Horn, top of the charts Tuesday. My man Patrick plays jams that reached the top of the Billboards charts on this day in history. And oh man, I man, always broaden horizons. I like that. Love machine.
1: It's good stuff. It good is good stuff. Yeah, I like that. Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Oh man.
0: I'm not gonna lie. I man. I don't even know if I knew this was smoke. I don't know if I knew this was Smokey.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's doesn't, it doesn't vibe. seem like yeah. it is, but it's it's early Smokey Robinson Because okay, I, I believe this is just when they were the Miracles. So this is before it was even uh, Smokey Robinson, and, the Miracles.
0: Okay. I was gonna say, because I don't think I knew. I know I know the song, obviously, but I don't know mm. if I knew that was Smokey. That's what I'm saying. Even before you just did broadening my horizons. This is why I love Top of the Charts Tuesday. You can be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing. Specs text lines, the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. Uh, The NFL is just uh, crazy right now. The NFL on uh, their franchise tag deadline day, basically. Uh, It's a lot of madness going on. So, first of all, Lamar Jackson has received a franchise tag, but not the one that we all thought. It is a non-exclusive franchise tag, which means that Lamar Jackson can negotiate with other teams if a team gives him a deal that he likes. And right now it looks like he wants a fully guaranteed deal. uh, And he's willing to sign that deal that team would have to give up two first-round picks, but there is a big but there. Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams-Size, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion-Size, but if the Ravens match the offer, he's got to come back with the Ravens. They got they got a chance to match the offer. Now, they can decide they don't want to match the offer or they can match can the offer, depending on how much it is, but if they pass on their opportunity to match the offer, then they'll get two first-round picks, and the team that signed... Uh, or at least has agreed to sign Lamar Jackson, will have to give up those first two first-round picks. And they'll have to sign him to whatever deal they negotiated, which we assume is going to be a fully guaranteed
1: deal. There is also the, the third option of which nobody wants, which is he signs a deal, the Ravens are like, we're going to match it, and Lamar Jackson's like, I'm never playing in Baltimore ever again. So you can match it all you want, you need to trade me as soon as you do. Like, I'm never playing. So he can demand a trade immediately following. That makes everything a lot uglier. But if it does get to the point where it's ugly and he just doesn't want to play there anymore and they push his cards to the limit, he could just say, you know what, guys, I, t- I thought we were taking the easy way out of here. We talked about this, and now you're trying to screw me into playing for you. I don't want to be there anymore.
0: Yeah, that yeah, that would be the worst case scenario. That'd be him deciding, you know what? I'm just gonna go like Kamikaze style, just blow yeah. it all up. That I don't. I hope that doesn't happen because everybody happen. loses. He yes. loses, Ravens lose, and you know, fans we lose too. We don't get to see Lamar Jackson. Um, and yeah, I I hope that doesn't happen. But you're right, that's another option we're not discussing as much, but it's it's a reality. This thing could get really ugly because it seems like this should have been able to be resolved one way or another before getting to this point. You just don't see an MVP quarterback in their prime. Um, Who's on the open market? He's, saying he's not on the open market, but with a with a possibility that he can end up leaving that team in his prime. We don't see it either. So we'll get to that. We'll talk more about it. Uh, also, there's rumors that Brady, the goat, might return. Phillip Rivers even wants back in. Yeah, you want to know why? He saw what Daniel Jones was making. Actually, I think he announced this. Or this was this was reported reported before Daniel Jones uh, signed his deal or agreed to sign his new deal. But Daniel Jones also getting paid, um, I believe, upwards of forty million. That's gonna be. Crazy. That's a big-time number for uh, Daniel Jones. We'll also get to that news, and we'll also talk about Aaron Rodgers, who reportedly— has been speaking to the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. So there's a lot of NFL news, but spring football has started on the 40 acres, so we want to talk some spring football while we have a chance. Steve Sarkeesian did meet with the media yesterday after the first practice of spring football. Talked about a number of different things, uh, addressed a number of topics, and one of the things he talked about was injuries. Um, there are a lot of injuries, actually, the Longhorns are still dealing with now at the start of spring practice. Now, in this cut, is all also, the cut we played yesterday about Xavier Worthy, him addressing the Xavier Worthy cut. So you can also see, at least you'll get context, see, you'll hear, you'll get the context of the very controversial quote about Xavier Worthy. So here's Steve Sarkisian yesterday addressing injuries at his spring of football media availability.
2: From an injury standpoint, I know that's always one of the key questions. You know, just a, just a couple things on that with guys that are either limited or out right now with spring uh, Jonathan Brooks um, coming off of surgery after the bowl game. Obviously, Catalan is limited right now, coming off of uh, his injury last season. Gilbo is is rehabbing well uh, with his knee injury. We're pleased with where he's at. Darian Gillette obviously coming in uh, with his knee injury. Um, Cole Hudson coming off of surgery after the bowl game. Um, Malik Murphy uh, is still nursing a little bit with his foot, so we're being mindful of that. Uh, Isaiah Nair would love where he's at right now and the work that he's putting in from a rehab standpoint. Um, Robertson again coming off a of surgery post post bowl game. Um, and then Keelan Robinson were just monitoring a little bit of a strain and being mindful of him. Um, and then the one guy it was great to have back out there today, uh, which you guys didn't know and I, I did I try to protect this throughout the season, but Xavier, had a broken hand, essentially, the second half of the season. And so to get him back out there, he was in a cast uh, for about eight weeks, or roughly. So to get him back out there, practicing full speed, which was which was awesome. So a lot of stuff. I know we were just getting back together. So hopefully I was able to touch on some of those things that are of uh, interest to you.
0: All right. So start getting into the injuries there. And, yes, at the end. So you can hear it, he, he – he pretty much volunteered the Xavier Worthy nugget and information unsolicited. And we talked about this on Longhorn Blitz, and you'll be able to hear it if you uh, listen to Longhorn Blitz, wherever you get your podcast. It's available there. And we talked about it and a number of different. And it's so we don't have all the information. So, I mean, this is all. These all these all theories. We're just hypothesizing what we think uh, happened and trying to piecemeal timelines together because I don't I don't think he revealed a timeline at all. But one of the things my man Jeff Howe brought up that uh, I didn't think about either. There's been such a long break and, and we haven't had a chance to talk to Sark. Uh, members of the media haven't had access to Sark because he was supposed to do a. Um, signing day, press conference with the media before spring football, that never happened because of the it was like the freeze and the weather. It was was the
1: first day, it was that Wednesday that the roads were getting really bad or something like that because we were supposed to be out there and then they they canceled that, and like, then, that day up And
0: then they canceled the Zoom. I think it was downgraded to a Zoom. It was, yes,
1: and, and then they were then like, they, he's not coming in. Yeah, hey. it was
0: like, he's not. He can't risk it. And, and then they was yeah. like, no, no, everybody needs to be worried about their own safety now and not some call about signing day. And then they decided, all right, they're blowing the whole thing off. And I, they basically the media never had a, ch- had a chance to speak to Sark before yesterday's spring football media availability. And the before that, the only time that the media had access to Sark was at the bowl game. Or at least the post game after the bowl game. And he brought up the point that if certain, we talked about this yesterday. I believe I met Horage, questioned as to why don't you just reveal this information right after the bowl game? And, um, and, you know, I don't know why he didn't do it after the bowl game. I think that he would have, he probably thought that would have been either throwing Xavier Worthy potentially under the bus by just mentioning, oh, he's got a broke hand. Um, And then, like, saying, you know, like, like it's an excuse for Xavier Worthy's. You know, play, which, you know, we don't know it th- that at all. May have been just one factor. Um, maybe Xavier Worthy didn't want that information out there. Maybe he told Coach "Like, man, I don't want that out there. I don't need people knowing my business like that. I'm a player. I play. That's it. I don't want excuses out there. That could happen, too. And sometimes, as I'm a player, I can tell you, a lot of players are not very uh, forthcoming. Not very honest about our injuries. You know, we tell, you, tell people that, oh, it only hurts a little when it hurts like hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's... That's the mentality right, of being a warrior, and I, I guarantee you there's a little bit of that at play here too. So I just think there were so many different variables that were, that were thrown into the mix, um, but one of them was I think uh, my man uh, uh, Jeff Howe brought up a good point. Maybe Sark wanted to divulge this information earlier. There were just no opportunities. That's why I thought maybe you should have leaked it. Like just leak it. Just give it to some member of the media you like and you know, let them leak the information. That way it's out there. Uh, my theory Just these are theories because we don't know a lot about what's going on. My theory is that it's scouting season and Sark has talked to a lot of scouts because they want to know about, oh, tell me about, you know, more Ojimo. Tell me about Kendrick Coburn, You know, tell me about Rojo. Tell me about Bijan. And while they're having those conversations about Bijan and Rojo and all those guys that are coming out and Demarvian Overshawn, you know, eventually the conversation steers towards, hey, what do you think about the guy I got on campus now? What do you think about JT? What do you think about Kelvin Banks? What do you think about X-Men? And I think a couple of the reviews that he got back on X-Men were not complimentary. And he thought, and I think he had to correct those scouts and tell them, hey, he had a broken hand. You know that, right? He had a broken hand. And they went, oh, I didn't know that. And I bet since he doesn't keep up with the media like we all do he probably thought, oh, I thought that was common knowledge. That's not out there. I thought, you know, that had been common knowledge among members of the media. Nobody's broken that story. You know what? I gotta break that damn story. I gotta get it out there. And I think that's why, that's my theory, as to why he put it out there, because he likes Xavier Worthy and he basically has heard his draft stock has dropped a little bit because of that season. And people thought oh, that's just natural regression. He's really falling off. And Sark wanted there to be a, wanted them to know that the real reason for the regression was the injury.
1: Yeah. And I will say, I get to that Xavier Worthy does have to be on campus and has to be around a lot of people who would be involved in the program. So if that does get said, like, right before he goes back to school and it's not, he doesn't have time to heal at first, it may become more of a, hey, man, hey, man, what's wrong with your hand? Hey, what's wrong with your hand? And he may mm-hmm. have just been like, hey, man, just don't don't mention it like until until it came back and he talked to Xavier and went hey uh we need to mention that
0: yeah no exactly like I we I don't know why I didn't because we talked about it on longhorn blitz a little bit and we talked about how it just seems like he's he's got to be hurt there's got to be a reason for the regression um but I don't think it was widely known that he had an injury I think it was speculated among people in the Longhorn community I think for Scouts, They're not in our Longhorn community. So I think for the people that he's talking to during scouting season, he needed to tell them. And then when he heard it for more than one, just my theory, he said, oh, man, you know what? I got to get this out there. I yeah. got to get it out there. This is not – I need people to know that the man had an injury. That's what he, he dealt with, an injury. So I, that's why I think he, he did it, and he didn't have to. Probably should have leaked it now. retrospect yeah yeah just leaked it out there it would have been you know easy easy that's why you leak information and stuff and then you don't have to deal with it but it is out there because the intent is that he wanted it to be out there but i will say i agreed with sark not telling anybody during the season i'm a defense i'm a defender so um man i if i know a guy i'm not going to be dirty about it i'm not going to be underhanded about it but if i know a guy has an injury within the construct of the rules football is a game that allows you to fight Allows you to be physical. It allows me to hit a guy. You got a sore right shoulder. All right. At least I know when you block it on the play, what you know, what where I need to jab and where I need to hit and where I need to, what what body part I need to pound for four quarters. I mean, that's it, I, he just didn't he wanted to avoid that with Xavier Worthy, yeah, becoming a target because you're you I mean, it's a reality when you play through an injury, you're already a target, especially when everybody knows exactly what the injury is. No hip injury. You're gonna get hit on that hip a little bit more. We can
1: say I would have especially not wanted to say it if I wanted to use him as a decoy more, but they didn't use him as a decoy a lot. They just actually threw it to him. Yeah, I mean that was the
0: discussion yesterday. It's still no, no. That none. This is excusing why you throw to him in a double team with a broken hand. I'm not. Nobody is excusing that. That's on Sark. That's on Sark. All right, that thing Sark just made a miscalculation. Why? And that's what I said. Maybe Sark didn't. Maybe he kept telling Sark, "Hey, man, I I can, I can fight through it. It's it's not that bad." Okay, so maybe it's partly him not being totally honest about his where his productivity could be with that injury.
1: And and we know that he said that some practices they didn't throw the ball to him, but he may have thrown him in some practices and he caught the ball. And they thought, "Hey, when we're not double covering him in practice, and he's not getting hit when he catches the ball." So he's he's not able to have to, he's not it's not having trouble making a catch through contact. Exactly. And then when he gets in the game and now he's been hit a bunch more and now he's you know gone through all the morning the warm ups and everything else his hands throbbing a bit more than he was at practice. So that that could be the case that he every week in practice thought it was fixed and then it would never was.
0: And then you make the determination is the guy behind Xavier worthy um is he a better option at 100% or 95 whatever he is, than Xavier Worthy with the injured hand. And Sark made the determination that Xavier Worthy was the best option, period. <clears throat> and I, you know, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I do think with Bijan Robinson, one of the most talented running backs we've seen in generations, right, in, 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 in a couple of decades, uh, certainly here on the 40 Acres, <clears throat> and Sark has said himself – the running back position is the most underutilized weapon in the passing game. And I think we can all agree Bijan was underutilized in the passing game. I don't know if he wasn't totally maximized in the passing game. I don't think we'd say that. Now, maybe we won't say underutilized, but he wasn't maximized in the passing game. That was an opportunity to max him out in the passing game because you got another running back, Rojo, who, no, he's not. He's no Bijan, but the drop off is what? negligible I mean that's not much of a drop off when you have him in the backfield and you can still run some of the same plays cuz that also is an NFL running back there and Bijan is a multi uh purpose weapon who you can put in the slide and move around the chessboard and 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 manipulate matchups across the board also, JT Sanders, all Big 12 tight end, the best uh, tight end in the Big 12. That's another guy that could have been able to you know, step up and been featured and highlighted in the passing game instead of force-feeding the football to an injured, often sometimes double-teamed X-Man. And then there's also, you know, you look at Jay Witt. Jay Witt was, and Harge would say it week after week or day after day, that Jay Witt was underutilized. Totally agree. So... I think the miscalculation was that instead of featuring some of those guys, and as you pointed out, Patrick, using X-Men as more of a decoy, and he, he could have been a great decoy because we all remember, just think about it in your head, you all remember games where he's being gratuitously double teamed. <laughs> like, just like, oh, well, they got two guys on X-Men. That's 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 happening every play, and we're still force-feeding the football to him. instead of, you know, if it's a, num- it's a numbers game, they're double-teaming X-Men. Somebody's got man-to-man coverage. And J.T. Sanders and Jay Wick can beat man-to-man coverage. Yeah. I know they
1: can, especially no, in the right situation. I, no, and, I, and by the way, for everybody on the text line, I agree with y'all. I, I am trying, simply trying to wrap my head around the situation like anyone else is. It doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I don't get why you're throwing to a hurt Xavier Worthy as much as you are either. I don't get it. We're just trying to figure out why.
0: Oh, no, my theory, yes, and except theory, I want to keep pointing out theory. My theory is that one of them is that, you know, maybe you're trying to please Xavier Worthy. You know, Xavier Worthy, there are rumors and— there's conjecture that he was being wooed via the transfer portal and via the in in that in the NIL world that we live in, the new landscape of college football. And hey, man, you got to keep guys happy. I mean, that's part of it. Or they're gonna be looking elsewhere for greener pastures. Literally, straight cash, homie. Uh, greener pastures. And I know people may not like it. I'm just saying, it's something you have to consider. That well, we got to keep this guy happy. And if I bench him because of the injury, that's not gonna go over well with him and if i stop targeting him and just use him as a decoy also probably not going to go over well but the guy that's getting 100 targets a year just throwing it out there
1: yeah there, just, there's we we found this out yesterday there's nothing that's not going to make your blood boil a bit <laughs> there's no there's no explanation that's not going to make you a little mad. Yeah, like man no, he's all
0: theories you're we like so that was the problem no no, no the theories. theories we do not know we do not have enough information to throw out there's a he's a well-informed theories, but still theories, because we do not have enough information to put it out. We still don't even know the timeline. We don't even know when he got hurt. Yeah. We don't even know the game he got hurt. Nope. So, is it just all just theory? Just having, you know, jumping on the grassy knoll a little bit and seeing, you know, if some of this makes sense. Because I, I agree. I I can't in my head. It's hard for me to find a rational reason as to why we now. Throwing to force feeding the football to a guy in double coverage with a hurt hand. And yet you got. If J Jay Witch got two good ones and JT Sanders got two good ones and Bijan's got two good ones. And those guys are really good in the passing game. And I can I can go back and quote Sarkis saying, running back, most underutilized weapon in the passing game. I can quote Sark saying, JT Sanders, best hands. Oh, he said it he did. Best hands on the team. But we throwing to a one handed X man, he's not an, actually an X man, Steven. <laughs> he's just that's just his nickname. <laughs> yeah, no, we think he can do everything. Uh so I like I said, I, I understand why Sark didn't reveal it, but um I don't I, I'm not justifying force feeding the football to him. I think the offense and the passing game should have changed a little bit after the injury, and it really didn't. And maybe that's part of the reason. And you think about it, if, if Quinn U.S. was hurt for what, five, six weeks? What was he offer? Four, four or five weeks, something like
1: that? Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
0: And then now we're talking about X-Men being hurt for what half the season. Yeah. When So their chemistry and continuity, they didn't have much chemistry no, or none. time to get continuity yet yeah, because it just doesn't logistically make any no, sense. No,
1: they looked really good in that beginning of the Alabama game. First quarter. That first quarter of the Alabama game, and then they didn't probably have a healthy pass between each other for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that Alabama game. Oh, man, we all got sucked in. We drank that oh. Kool-Aid. That first quarter was just – we were so we, – we, had, we were, like, drunk. We were, like, wasted <laughs> on that Kool-Aid oh. in that first. And it, you know what? It, I mean, it, it was legit. It was going against balance. I, so. Yeah.
1: But I we mean, just. Oh. I got that tingling in my foot from the diabetes from this amount of Kool-Aid <laughs> I drank in that first. <laughs>
0: You're right. We did. Yeah, that did. Is no question. <laughs> uh, all right, let's continue uh, with some of this. Uh, this Sark sound. All right, moving on. That's uh, enough discussion, we've talked about uh, the Xavier Worthy thing for way too much. So let's get to the running backs here. Sark was asked about the running backs now with no Rojo, no Bijan. You lost your best leader and your best player. How's that running back room look? Here is uh, Coach Sark. I
2: think CJ has provided, um, you know, a, a real mature mindset to everything that he does. You know, he is um, not, uh, he doesn't feel like a freshman right now. I mean, he, he works hard in winter conditioning. He's got a 4.0 GPA. He went out and practiced no nonsense today. So all those things, positives of the things that we thought he would be in recruiting. I think the move of Savion Red to running back is beneficial for him and, and our program And that you know, when you really look at his his body stature and structure, he's kind of built more like a running back uh, he carried the ball quite a bit as a high school kind of quarterback. Um, so I think it fits his game well. Uh, but, but that's not taking anything away from Jaden Blue. Um, I, I feel good about where he's at uh, in his development. And then you know, we'll get Keelan back and we'll get Jonathan Brooks back and, and we'll start moving in a positive direction that way.
0: I remember uh, the pregame um, show before the bowl game, the Alamo Bowl, I said my biggest concern in this game, is going to be, you know, how the hell does the running game not suffer when you lose extraordinary talents like a Rojo and a Bijan? Right? I mean, Rojo actually had the highest broken tackle rate in the country over the last two football seasons, higher than any other back in the country. Yeah, higher than Bijan Robinson. He actually averaged 4.28 yards after contact per rush. Higher than Bijan Robinson, it. (laughs) uh, I mean, Bijan led the country actually at the pro football focus record for career forced missed tackles, and yet there's an argument to be made that Rojo was just as good, if not better, on an analytical level. And what I said was that those guys, we don't, you know, obviously we can quantify it, but off the eye test I think were probably the better test how many runs can you guys remember where Rojo and Bijan took a run that should have been a two yard loss three yard loss maybe even turned it into a three four yard game even broke the run for an explosive play it's a lot of those it's a lot of those when you start going back and counting and I think in that in that Alamo Bowls we saw it There was still some success in the running game, but you weren't popping them and you didn't have the consistency in the running game like you had in Rojo and Bijan. And that's what those two guys do. They they covered up a lot of mistakes, a lot of missed blocks here, missed assignment there. Didn't matter. Rojo, eraser. All right, Bijan, eraser. Erase the mistakes. Now those are going to become a lot more glaring in the running game. So that's one of my big, you know at least one of my big concerns and one of the, the, the big topics of conversation for me personally for this spring, how does the running game look? Not just the running back room, and the run, but the, just the running game in general. Because it also needs an infusion of creativity from Sark. Let's be honest. That Alamo Bowl was a, it was a failure of imagination. Lack of creativity, but a failure of imagination. Considering no Rojo and Bijan, we all thought Sark would be in his bag. Well, he wasn't. I mean, if there was a bag, then I don't, that was like a jack-in-the-box bag. It wasn't nothing in that damn thing. Some tacos. 99 cent <laughs> Some, tacos. Yeah, right? Some curly fries. I don't know what the hell was in that bag, but it wasn't no creative run place. <laughs> so that he also needs to be, you know, he's going to have to give them a schematic advantage in the running game, too. That's what they lacked also in the Alamo Bowl. Um, okay, uh, just I want to get to these quarterback cuts here. Let's get to three and four, and then we can uh, get to uh, the next. Uh, we'll get to Cowboys' discussion in the next segment. So uh, quarterbacks is a big topic of discussion, and Sark, of course, was asked about the quarterbacks. He was asked about, you know, Arch Manning now coming on campus, also asked about the development of one Quinn Ewers. Here is uh, Steve Sarkeesian in his uh, spring football media availability speaking about his quarterbacks.
2: I think from a quarterback standpoint, um, that Quinn had a really good winter, you know, where, you know, it's like anything, you, he was essentially a true freshman this time last year for us. And so there's a lot on his mind that, that it's like when the gears are moving, but there's no WD-40 in there, as those gears were grinding. And it, it felt that way for him pretty much all year long. Um, this winter, it just feels natural, you know. He's throwing the ball well. Um, I think he's – emerging as a leader you know I'm watching him break the team down I'm watching him do those things uh, which is positive positive. and I think what he's done he's serving for arch of hey this is what it looks like and this is how to go about your business and for arch today day one um, there's there's some plays for sure that he would, would love to have back and there's some other plays that he made I think everybody was like wow that, that was a heck of a play so um, again true freshman should still be in high school but, uh, you know, he brings a definitely a, a worker's mentality, and he, he wants to be really good at this game.
0: Yeah, I'm expecting a huge leap this year from Quinn Ewers. I, I think it's tough. We've been watching Deshaun Watson. I'm not comparing Deshaun Watson and Quinn Ewers. But Deshaun Watson, one, he was a top-five quarterback on, on, the, on a dysfunctional team like the Texans at one, point, at one time. At least he was in that conversation, I should say. And that one year off he took – and it man, two, it years, just, off. two years off, sorry. The yeah, two years off he took tanked his game, yeah, because he had the suspension and he yeah. pro- basically decided he was not going to play for the Texans for that year. So, two years off. And for Quentin Ewers, he's had a lot of time off too, right? Because he skipped his senior year to go to Ohio State, yeah, didn't play at Ohio State, Sought to transfer here to Texas, and now basically this is his freshman year, so it's a season, not two seasons, but just a season, a little bit more than that. But that's a long time to be away from actual real-time game competition, and I think it just has a drastically deteriorating effect on your skill set as a quarterback. You have to be cultivating that craft constantly. Any time off is, honestly, to me, I think it's going to – any. any I would say any uh, long periods of time off, I'm talking about like six months or longer, is going to have a drastically deteriorating effect on your skill set as a quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I think there was a lot mm. too in last year where there was stuff that they couldn't necessarily mm. tell him practice was going to be as big of a problem until he got into games. And once he got into the regular season and they were like, oh, this footwork is way worse than we thought it was, and he's doing okay in practice with the footwork because he's thinking about it during practice. But mm-hmm. Once he gets in a game and someone's actually running at him, his footwork goes well. We need to work on that more. And he got overloaded with it by the end of the season and really wasn't taking in anything anymore. So he kind of plateaued off of anything he could grow on. And now, when you can take a little step backwards and go, All right, today we're going to work on this and that's it. And then you can kind of and then we're not going to work on that for three or four more days. So now you can, your, your brain can actually get it and comprehend yep. it and go, Oh, oh, no, I was just, I, I went one, two, three, four. And in my head, it's one, two, three, three. And I just, I couldn't get that it was that way, you know. So those things sometimes, I know when I played basketball, I couldn't hit a left-handed layup for uh, like a month, like a month because I practiced every single day at it. And I just couldn't get a hang of it. And I didn't do it for a week. And I came back and it could end for the rest of my career. Yeah. So there's points of it where it's just, you know, sometimes you can get overloaded with it. It seemed like halfway through that, like once he came back from injury, he was way behind where everybody wanted him to be and where he wanted to be. And it just overloaded him to a point where he definitely needed a break. And hopefully, the offseason has been the break and he's ready to go in spring.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You, you, you want to turn, you know, basically some of those fundamental techniques into muscle memory. And that's what he's lacking right now. Some of that stuff becomes muscle. Remember, when it does, then you can go back to plank fast. And you can go back to, you know, diagnosing the game, pre-snap, reads, and post-snap diagnosis. You're not worrying about your footwork. You're not worrying about, you know, the, uh, your, your throwing motion, things like that. Uh, so I agree with you. I think like getting back to the basics, he's got a lot of time to do that. All right, uh, before we get to the break here. Uh, Quinn yours did shave the mullet he did cut the mullet off and it made uh, made headlines actually so being the Texas quarterback will do that here is Sark would he he was asked about Quinn's new haircut and what he thought I thought it was a good answer by Sark here it is
2: I think that was one of the unfortunate things with Quinn Quinn's a great kid Um, he's a great teammate he's really teammate coachable Uh, But one thing we had talked about is sometimes that your, you know, your appearance slash perception precedes you. And then you almost have to overcome yourself. Right. And so all of a sudden now the guy gets a haircut and and he cleans his beard up a little bit. And everyone thinks Quinn's real serious right now. (laughs) Uh, But that's that's human nature. Right. So I give him a lot of credit for recognizing you know, what he needs to do from a developmental standpoint, but it's never been a question of kind of um, him taking this serious. He wants to be really good. He wants to be a leader on this team. He wants to win a championship with these guys. And um, that, that doesn't change what he does on a day-to-day. Um, but appearance is what it is. And so um, I do think him recognizing that shows some maturity of, of kind of his approach to what he's doing.
0: Yeah, he's right on the money there. That's a great point. When he had the mullet, people were looking at us like, "Oh man, he's." And remember, the, even the criticism, and I'm not saying this is not valid, but the criticism on the field, even Patrick was, man, he seems very lackadaisical. Seems very, yeah. you know, it just seems like he's not that, you know, emotionally invested. You know, that was one of the criticisms is that he just has a very lackadaisical. His mannerisms were very lackadaisical, even on the field. And I it, I can't help but think that's kind of related to the mullet. And I wonder now if that, that criticism or that critique will go away, that he has a lackadaisical kind of—these uh, lackadaisical mannerisms and this lackadaisical uh, way about him.
1: Yeah, the— the, with the mullet, it looks like nothing's going on in his head when he's sitting on the bench. And without the mullet, it'll be like, he's thinking of the next play. He's,
0: yeah, <laughs> He looks focused. He looks like he's, he's focused. really focused. Same look. He's putting it side by side, one without, yeah. one without the mullet, one with the mullet. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys, them putting the franchise tag on Tony Pollard. Uh, also, what positions they were interested in at the combine. And will the Texans make a move for that number one overall pick? All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie One want to on the Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. The top of the five o'clock, we'll get back to the quarterback carousel uh, that continues to spin in the NFL. Um, Talking about Lamar Jackson and his non exclusive franchise tack. Uh, Brady's potential return. Yes, the GOAT. There's rumors the GOAT may return. Phillip Rivers thinking about a comeback as well. Aaron Rodgers to the JETS Jets. 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 Yes, that is also a possibility being talked about. So all of that will be discussed at the top of the five o'clock when we get into the uh, quarterback carousel. Uh, I love that my man uh, uh, Aaron Hogan calls it the quarterback days of our lives. Definitely feels like that. A lot of drama going on uh, in the NFL quarterback market. All right, we'll get back to that. Let's talk about the uh, the Cowboys for a second. They made a big move. They put Tony Pollard on the franchise tag. It's official. Um, there are reports about it, but uh, now the uh, franchise tag deadline has hit, so it is official that uh, Tony Pollard is on the franchise tag. Now, the only thing left is what they're going to do about Zeke, because now officially, if you look at the cat, unfortunately, and I, this won't this won't continue. So I'm not. I'm not saying this is going to be a problem for the Cowboys uh, going forward, but right now, with the franchise tag being put on Tony Pollard, the Dallas Cowboys have one of the, if not the most expensive wide, uh, sorry, running back room in all the NFL. Like it's a really expensive running back room, and that like I said that won't be the case because they'll make a decision on Zeke, uh, and I. We just don't know if they're going to cut him or if he's going to take a major discount. What's your prediction, Patrick? Discount or cut Zeke? I mean— I think, Right I, now, Jerry has hinted they're going to keep him. Just throw it out there. He's hinted they, I, this want, is the if problem. they want to keep him. Sorry, they want to and, keep him. And
1: this him. is the problem with Jerry and trying to do anything with the Cowboys, is he wants to keep Dak Prescott for the rest of his career. And he wants to keep Zeke for the rest of his career. He and he wants to keep every one of his guys for the rest of his career. <laughs> it is a bad move to keep Zeke. Like there's, this is way too, uh, too heavy of a running back draft, to not try and take a rookie running back here, put him on a rookie scale. I'm not saying if Bijan's there at 26, then yes, you take Bijan. But other than that, you can get one in the second or third round, (laughs) and you can make this guy like that can be your guy to hold you over until Tony Pollard gets back, and then when Tony Pollard's back, you have two of them set up there to go. I I think that just makes so much more sense. From a cap wise, from a football standpoint wise, from everything, I like it. There's always a the point of running back hits where the, the yards per carry goes down. Yes, it does. And I wouldn't even say, I don't even know what his number is for the whole season. I can tell you watching him at the end of the season, how many runs couldn't go two yards for a power back. That is a major problem. Yeah, no, I'm
0: with you. And. I, I think they should just I think they should cut them, but they probably want for sentimental reasons. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have this um, attachment to players because we always complain that teams are so cold, and they are really you know just downright <laughs> um, du- duplicitous at times with the way they handle the player relations and they cut players. I mean, hell, there just there was a player was it Taylor Lewan from the Titans who said the 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 Tennessee Titans dropped off his stuff in a trash bag at his house. Yeah. And they tried to play it off like, no, we we're doing him a favor. So he wouldn't have to come to the facilities. like, I, he wants to come to the facilities. He's been working with these people for like a decade. He wants to come say hi to the the chef and to say bye to the, the janitor and say bye to other people. He's been working up there forever. And they're like, no, 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 we'll drop you off like some trash And In the, fr- the
1: front door, not knock, just drop it no, off. No, they, they just
0: dropped it off. He's like, yeah, I guess. But that's we, we've complained about that. And the Cowboys are actually the opposite of that.
1: They are. I, they, it'll, they are. It'll, it'll, it never they, ceases it, to amaze me the amount of companies that think a trash bag is the way to go to drop stuff off at the end. <laughs> like, you know boxes exist, right? It's just cheaper that way. They used to get, to get it, a box back it's in the like, day. It's, it's literally a dollar cheaper <laughs> <laughs> Hey, to, to not tell somebody that we think you're trash.
0: Have you met corporations? I have, but come on.
1: <laughs> have you met American corporations? Because I know uh, <laughs> WWE got in trouble for this recently, too. That they sent back, they cut one of their wrestlers and she had been there for years and a former champion and they sent her stuff and she's like... Thanks. Guess guess I get what you think of me. And they're like, no, that's what we do to everybody. And They're like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's not how you should treat people. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't take it personal that all the teams
0: that cut me, they gave me a trash bag and was like, hey man, see your way out. Yeah. And by the way, leave your key card and your playbook. I think because I know thing. that because I know they did Hall of Famers the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Rod ain't no better than nobody else.
1: Just get a, <laughs> make a make a deal with box companies. Yeah, and no, have some is. boxes in the back. But yeah, I mean, I. I you can appreciate what Jerry wants to do there, but I, in today's NFL, you're not getting the friend discount as much as you used to be able to get because the money is so much more. So yeah. it used to be, hey, can you take, you know, fifty thousand dollars left and that's gonna save us a lot. But now they're like, Hey, can you take three million dollars less? Like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And man. you want me to take three million dollars less? So it, it just doesn't account as much. I mean, and Keep in mind, Zeke, if you don't get out of this contract, it's it just keeps staying. Like it's ten it's what? It's
0: yo yeah, right now you have the most expensive running back room in, it's a in the sixth
1: in it's the NFL. Almost a seventeen million dollar cap hit this year <laughs> or coming up in the future year in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Twenty twenty four it's a fourteen million dollar cap hit. Twenty twenty five it's a seventeen million dollar cap hit. Twenty twenty six is a sixteen million dollar cap hit. So we get he's getting cut at some point, right? Because yes. you're not paying in or, 2026 this, this running back who shouldn't have been on the roster this year. You're not going to be paying him still in 2026, or you shouldn't be. There's no way. They're, they're gonna, I, I don't know if they're going to cut him or they're going
0: like, to restructure him. But one, of the, I think right now Jerry wants a restructure because Jerry loves Zeke. He just likes Zeke. He does. He it, falls but- in love with his players. And like I said, I'm not going to knock Jerry for that because we just got done talking about how we've all been fired by a company and they give our stuff in trash back. It yeah. ain't just the NFL, by the way. I've yes. Been, I've been treated like that. For, I've been working in the corporate world now, too. It happens outside of the NFL, too. And, you know, so I'll give Jerry some props for trying to be classy about that stuff. It does hurt him can't negotiations. you can't, negotiations, com- you can't but- come
1: out and tell me I can't get supporting characters <laughs> for, because supporting cast for Dak because I'm trying for playing too much. Also, I want to keep Zeke around because I like the guy. We shouldn't even let him suit up. Because here's the thing. Even if you keep Zeke, you should draft a running back this year because he'll be better than Zeke is. Well, and Pollard.
0: You need an insurance policy behind
1: yeah. Pollard. But, I mean, like, would you if, – if you were coaching the Dallas Cowboys right now, if you're Mike McCarthy and he's saying, all right, Tony Pollard's out, who's our starting running back day one? And they say Zeke. You go, well, I need to have another running back. Like, I have to have another because Zeke Elliott is not a starting running – he's not – he may not even be a backup in the NFL anymore, but we won't know that until some other team picks him up and gives him 15 carries a game and see if he can pick his average back up to three, three 3.5 yards per carry. But if he's going to average under 3 yards a carry, that's when NFL – you're done. You're right. That's the – like, that was the whole – and I don't want to compare Zeke to Ray Rice, but Ray Rice, when everybody was like, well, he can't come back because of the domestic – he was like, no, he was averaging under 3 yards a carry. Like, no one wants a guy like that anymore. They'll just go get another guy who can average over 3 for a while. Pretty much. I mean, that's the way the modern NFL works. And how about this little
0: nugget of information about So, essentially the Cowboys right now have the most expensive running back room in NFL history. So I said it was in, in the NFL. Yes, that is also the case, but it's the most right now, it's the most expensive running back room in the history of the salary cap era, so which is the history of the NFL. That's a, that's a miscalculation, all right? That, you, you screwed up somewhere. Yeah, here's the, the the tweet by Warren Sharp at Sharp Football, so I didn't make it up. After tagging Tony Pollard, the Cowboys are spending $27 million of their 2023 salary cap on running backs, 16.7 for Zeke, 10 for Tony Pollard, and 870000 for Malik Davis. forgot about Malik Davis. That will be the highest total in NFL history, equates to over 12% of the salary cap.
1: I mean, if you're paying more so than the Green to. Bay Packers and and Cleveland Browns for your running back room and that's what your running back room is, yeah. And you're you're paying more for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt or Aaron Jones and uh and uh uh AJ A- oh, Dillon.
0: Oh yeah, AJ Dillon. You're right about and, and this is the thing. You don't get to blame Dak's contract for not being able to put better weapons around him. When you have a running back room currently that has a salary cap figure that is the highest in NFL history, and it will be great, like you said, if you were paying for elite talent at running back, you know, nobody have a problem with that, but you're paying for a Zeke that's been done for two years now? Yeah. He's been over the hill for two years. Yeah. And you
1: paid him before you even had to. You paid him before you had to, and I get you were not able to get out of the contract until now. But you were able to get out of the contract now. So get out of the contract now. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. you should cut him. Honestly, I, I was saying you should restructure him, but also
0: he's taking up a roster spot. I mean I think yeah. about just as a big, I'm like I'm trying to get better. All right. So I need to upgrade. If I can find a running back that's better than Zekia's right now in the draft, and I know you can,
1: just upgrade. I'm gonna take that. I'm probably gonna get an undrafted free agent running back after the draft too. Yeah. Because I need competition and because Tony Potter's probably gonna be out for the beginning of the season. So, I need to have at least two guys that are ready to go, and I may go sign somebody else. Yeah, I guess the issue would be pass protection with young running backs bringing them in. So, go sign a vet. Go get
0: one vet then, yeah. too. Go get or, a vet, and, too.
1: And go get a draft a running back or pick up a running back that was really good at pass pro.
0: That also, yeah,
1: you can do that. Like, go, go pick that, that up as one of your guys. Is there excuses for you overpaying
0: Zeke, is our point? No, no, there
1: is no. And yeah. the only reason you take Zeke at all is so his last play at the cowboy is not getting steamrolled. On the dumbest trick play ever at the end of that game. Do you remember the last play of the season uh, when they're when they're about oh, to lose? Oh yeah, and it was and they basically the whole o line's uh, gone and he gets this. steamrolled. Yes, that I do that could this. be the lasting memory of Zeke
0: Kelly. Oh man, you're right. I remember this. That's sad too. That was I want that was a Mike McCarthy special or Kelly More special. Did we ever find out whose trick play that was? I don't know. They,
1: hey, that's yeah. Mike McCarthy's not. Sandbagging Kellen Moore unless he tells us that was his <laughs> play. <laughs>
0: uh, all right. The Cowboys talk there. We come back. We'll get a little off the record conversation on the other side. Right here on Baldon Line, one four nine the horn. D D Mega doodoo.
2: I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, I don't get breaking my head, Well, Congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do
1: it live. I can. will write it, and we'll do it live. The <laughs> thing sucks.
0: All right, welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record here. Okay, so the Texas game uh, wardens and zoo staff, uh, they captured and removed a seven-foot alligator from a Texas home in Buda. The woman was raising it as a pet. Uh, apparently, she <laughs> was, according to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Uh, Texas Game Warden and two zoo staff captured the feisty creature and rehomed it at the Animal uh, World and Snake Farm Zoo. Uh, They said alligators don't make good pets. Um, It turns out the alligator was not being rehomed, uh, but returning home, the woman took the alligator from the zoo over 20 years ago. She stole the animal from the zoo. Interesting part of the story is evidently uh, they were a volunteer at the zoo. The woman was a volunteer at the zoo. And I guess a couple of decades ago decided she was going to steal either an alligator or an egg or a hatchling. It says apparently she stole this alligator, either the egg or the hatchling alligator at the time, put it in her pocket and took off and actually kept this thing as a pet for 20 years. The homeowner raised the toothy pet in her backyard for two decades. And it grew to over seven feet long. Unfortunately, under Texas law, no person may take, sell, purchase, or possess an alligator, alligator egg, or any part of an alligator without a permit. And apparently she did not have such a
1: permit. This is crazy. Yeah, when you sent me this story earlier, I was like, where is this at? Like... What what weird town in Texas? Oh, it's in Buda. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I don't like that it was this close. You were like, San Antonio, please. Oh, no, I was like, I was like Houston, maybe? This seems like Houston, something that could have come from Louisiana. Houston
0: loves wild animal stuff, so there's a lot of wild yeah. animal shows that are shot in Houston. And as a Houstonian, I can tell you, a lot of people in Houston own crazy animals and pets. Yeah, and it's yeah. like the
1: further you go east, the more you get into alligator country. So I could believe it just made it a pit stop into Texas. That's true, swamp people. But then. Oh, this no, is what I'm no. She's had to be in this house for over 20 years, right? Oh, no doubt. Because you can't move the alligator. Oh, how could the neighbors have not complained before now? Who, I mean, is that an alligator over there? <laughs> right. I mean, you don't have a structure with that thing in it, do you? I
0: mean, you just have a structure with the alligator in it all the time. I guess. You got to take it on a not a walk, but you got to let it see some air. You
1: can't stay in there the whole time. That's inhumane. It's, like a, it's got an alligator house instead of a dog I mean, it's got have some water, I think. Yeah, she obviously loved the thing right don't we think she she don't think she was, a, was she I, abusing it
0: they didn't say she was abusing it they said she kept it i mean it's it, lived for a long time and so i want to know what the relationship was between her and the gator what did she consider it her pet
1: i just i just like to think of this like, as i love this thing you know, Did she you, name it did she name she it definitely named she it. definitely named it this <laughs> is what i'm curious of you know when you move and you have to you ask your buddies to move and then you're kind of like look man it's not too much big stuff if you were doing that and then your friends came over, and they're like, "All right, we got the bed, we got the we got the dresser. What else we got? Ah, oh, you got we got Rufus, <laughs> Rufus, oh, Rufus. What's Rufus? What's, uh, what's that? Was that? Oh, it's my seven foot alligator in the backyard. Ah, <laughs> right, you're gonna have to handle that on your own. <laughs> you ain't taking that nowhere. That's a great point. So now I have questions. This is a great point here
0: because uh, this text here says, uh, "What did she do when the grandkids came over? I'm like, right. yo, kids, grandkids." Your, I don't think, I don't think this woman's
1: maiden. So, I oh,
0: you think she's a, she's a crazy cat lady. Some y- crazy gator lady. I, I
1: guarantee there ain't <laughs> no cats in that house. That is a cat-free she, property. She
0: used to be a crazy cat lady on her own. And then she became a crazy gator lady. Yeah. Someone says emotional support pet. <laughs> I like that. Someone says the morning news station said the alligator was in great health. And the lady took fantastic care of the animals. So she did. She loved this thing. She loved this She thing. loved this thing. How did she get, Did she? I wonder if she got close to it and stuff. She she must have been petting it and loving on it. Yeah. Wow. And she never took it to a vet.
1: Oh, that alligator's going to get made fun of by all the other alligators when it goes back to the zoo. Oh. The
0: other alligator's like, oh, you with her? What if it gets depressed now that it left its, oh. like, mama? Like, it's sad. Like, if, if Lou had, if somebody took Lou from you, Lou would be really sad yeah. and well, depressed. for like
1: five minutes, and then he'd get fed, and he'd probably be okay with it, but... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I bet it was a cat free neighborhood. Yeah, yeah I want to know if she had a, a a man or a woman, a significant other of some kind. All right, in her in her life, and if she had kids and what they thought of it. And did she have neighbors on both sides who knew about this and how long did they knew about it? Because somebody knew she had a gator in the backyard. At least there were rumors about it. Somebody saw the gator at one time. Was like the lady's got a gator back there. What? No, she she had, was she keeping it in a she shed the whole time. Like what's this? What yeah, is, I don't
1: yeah. None she, of
0: this. She loved it. She wa- I mean, she might have walked that damn gator. She might have been taking it on walks.
1: Oh, <laughs> I don't I all of it seems pretty crazy, Rod. I, I love it. I really just did not like the fact that it was that close. <laughs> I like to keep like to keep alligator stories far away. Hey, somebody
0: that listens to this show knows through degrees of separation this lady someone said someone knocked on it. Yeah, somebody definitely. That's what I'm saying. Somebody found out about the gator. And was like, no, no, I, got, I gotta have. I can't have my, you know, house or my neighborhood having a gator in it or some kind. They just couldn't have it. How long do alligators live? They're like dinosaurs, right? How long do they live?
1: I don't know, but I mean, she stole it over 20 years ago. And it, yeah, it's true. That's longer than most pets. Wow,
0: fascinating, fascinating. All right, uh, I want to meet this lady now. Can did, did they interview the lady? They didn't interview her. I wanna I, see her. I, 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 w- I need
1: to see a visual. I don't I Do you a, imagine that the type of person who keeps an alligator for twenty years does interviews?
0: Yeah. You see
1: those are the people that do the interviews <laughs> on the local news. I love those people.
0: I <sighs> now have a visual of her in my head and I know the actual way she looks is not
1: going to match the visual in my head. The visual in my head is wow. No, because you're thinking she's going to be on the new Netflix series Gator Queen.
0: Yes! I know! That's exactly right. That's what I'm thinking about. Yes. I'm Like Tiger King type yeah. spinoff stuff. All right. Uh, we went over the break. We'll come back. We'll get into the quarterback carousel that continues to spin at the NFL uh, level. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to another horn.